Welcome to Amici, news and insights from the New York courts. I'm John Carr. In June of 2020, shortly after the pandemic struck, Chief Judge Janet DeFiore convened the Commission to Reimagine the Future of New York Courts. This commission is a group of judges, lawyers, academics, and technology experts tasked with researching, analyzing, and recommending innovative proposals for the justice system of the future through the examination of regulatory, technological, structural, and other innovations. The commission, chaired by former State Bar President Hank Greenberg of Greenberg Traurig and its various working groups, have identified and helped implement pioneering reforms to enable the court system to adapt to changing realities and prepare for the future. The chief judge recently announced the formation of a new working group, the Pandemic Practices Working Group, to consider post-pandemic procedures and determine which policy should be kept at the ready if court operations are again interrupted due to an unforeseeable event. The new working group, which includes 30 distinguished members, is led by State Supreme Court Justice Craig J. Doran of the 7th Judicial District. In today's program, we are joined by both Justice Doran and Mr. Greenberg. Gentlemen, it's an honor to have you both on MEG. Hank, let's start with you, if we could. What was the initial task of the Commission to Reimagine? Well, like uh, the name of the Commission suggests, uh, when Chief Judge DeFiore and Judge Marks conceived of us, uh, which was before COVID struck, um, the idea was to look at the court system um, with a view towards making sure uh, it was prepared to meet future challenges, technological and otherwise, um, and to be forward-looking and to try to figure out and find out where the cutting edge is and will be in the future and make sure the court system uh, was prepared to um, be fully a 21st century um, um, court system for the state. So this was conceived um, before the pandemic, but it actually came into being after the pandemic, correct? Correct. So, correct. so, so you you get started and you're trying to get this thing going in, in the midst of a global pandemic, and the court system has no choice but to react and respond, and it has no blueprint, no precedent, an uncertain future. Is it fair to say that at the beginning it was a matter of uh, triage? Well, uh, that's a great question, John. Um, no one could have, and I think no one did anticipate in New York or for that matter, anywhere around the country, uh, COVID-19 um, and that it would have the effect of locking down the nation. Uh, and New York in March, April and May of 2020 was the epicenter uh, of the pandemic. Um, and the court system was then fully in person in every way imaginable. Um, I had never participated in a Zoom conference uh, ever uh, before any judge, state or federal, in my career, and I wasn't aware of any state or federal that held uh, proceedings in that fashion. Uh, and what we saw um, in a matter of months, let's just say two months, was more change to the court system than New York judges and lawyers had experienced in 200 years in terms of how law is practiced and judges decide cases. Uh, and from my perspective, and Judge Doran has such great expertise because he helped lead um, the effort 
um, to, to address the crisis. But from my perspective, the court system um, um, movement from a fully in-person model to a virtual court system was miraculous. That it happened so rapidly was extraordinary. As I perceive it, it was a series of improvisations and building a system uh, with scotch tape and band-aids. Uh, because there were very, very few courts in the state that had any kind of digital capacity. I don't even know in New York State in March of 2020 whether any courtroom would boast that it was a, you know, a 21st century courtroom as you see in many federal courthouses. So uh, a triage, I think, is exactly the right word, John. Thank you. Judge Doran, back to the present and future. What is the aim and mission of your, your new working group? So uh, first of all, John, thanks so much for giving us this opportunity. And uh, to my uh, colleague uh, and the chairman of the commission, uh, Hank Greenberg, um, we are grateful for this opportunity. The, uh, the mission of our group, simply stated, is to conduct a very thorough, multi-dimensional, honest, transparent review uh, of what the court system or the broader legal system in New York State did uh, during COVID and is doing during COVID. Important to mention that COVID is not completely in our rearview mirror yet. Um, so that's the, the briefly stated mission, a little bit more broadly stated. Our intention is to uh, to sort of take the, the temperature of all of our uh, partners in the justice system from within and without the court system and uh, talk about uh, the experience of COVID. What worked, what didn't work, uh, what perhaps should we uh, consider taking with us as we emerge from COVID into the post-COVID era when we get back to what some folks would refer to as back to normal. Uh, my preference is that we talk about getting back to a better than normal. And our, our group's mission is, let's help define what that better than normal is. And let's learn from uh, the COVID experience. And let's take those things that we've learned to do well, uh, somewhat by necessity, and integrate them into the permanent protocols and processes of the justice system. The other, uh, I would say, uh, not less important objective is to help devise sort of a playbook, if you will, of uh, what perhaps we ought to do if the uh, operations of our justice system are interrupted again by circumstances that are beyond our control. Uh, it would be short-sighted of us, and I, I know the chief judge and our chief administrative judge agrees, that it would be short-sighted of us to assume that this won't happen again. And uh, good government practices would dictate that we ought to learn from the experience and try to take those best, best practices forward. You mentioned taking the temperature of the people who've been impacted by this, which is basically everyone. Now, I know you have a public hearing tomorrow, and, and a link to that live stream will be posted at the, uh, on the transcript of this interview. What do, you, what do you hope to glean from that hearing tomorrow? What we hope to glean from the hearing, again, simply stated, is the truth an honest assessment of what, uh, what this uh, ambitious variety uh, of witnesses, we have 30 plus witnesses scheduled to testify at the hearing. Uh, and what we hope to hear is what their experiences were, 
what from their view worked, what was best for their uh, constituencies, their clients or their um, uh, principals, whomever they may be, uh, and what perhaps uh, could we do a better job of or should we have done a better job of. Uh, so, uh, you know, I would, I, I would trust and hope based upon the interest that we've seen, which, you know, is phenomenal. Uh, you know, we were concerned that, you know, we're doing this uh, really in, in uh, a more condensed time frame than long-term planning might uh, justify, but we really wanted to get to it and we wanted to get this done. And we think it's important enough that it has to be done now. Uh, but, you know, the downside of that was we were concerned that we wouldn't be able to have time to generate enough interest. And quite the opposite has been the case. Um, we had more than 50 uh, entities indicate that they wish to offer us testimony. Uh, and we've pared that down uh, to 30 plus witnesses. So I hope to hear uh, honesty. I hope to hear an unvarnished uh, assessment of the experiences of all of these various interests uh, as we've all navigated through COVID together. Well, we in the courts have had not had much choice in the last couple of years but to condense things into a, into a tighter time frame. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Now, I, I know that's the first of a public hearing. I know you're also looking for public input. Otherwise, at the end of this process, um, what, do you, what do you anticipate? Do you anticipate a report of some sort? So our charge uh, given to us uh, by the chairman of the commission, uh, Hank Greenberg, is that we offer a report uh, to the uh, larger commission. And our hope is that uh, once that report is offered to the commission, that in substantial part, it will be offered to uh, the chief judge and the administration of the uh, court system for their consideration and what we hope will be positive uh, uh, view of our recommendations. So um, we hope to have that report finalized and completed uh, toward the end of the current calendar year. Oh, Hank, uh, Judge Doran's working group is, is one piece of a, a bigger jigsaw puzzle that you're trying to put together. How does, how does, his, how does his part fit, uh, fit into the whole? Well, uh, the commission uh, and its work is done largely by the working groups, of which we now have seven um, within the commission, um, each really led by extraordinary people like Judge Doran, um, a working group that deals with trials, another with appellate courts, another with technology, working groups that are proposing reforms in regulation and, and court structure. Uh, um, uh, and this is the, the newest of our working groups and I just have to say in terms of the response the public response uh, nothing we've done to date and and we we've been I must say this for the Commission uh, very successful we produced 12 reports in less than two years and the court system the chief judge has been incredibly supportive virtually every recommendation that we've made has been adopted uh, by the court system and uh, with everything we've done, though, I have not seen this level of public interest or enthusiasm. I, I'm in Albany. You are, too, John. I've seen a lot, a lot of legislative hearings. Um, but the outpouring of interest by just a diverse group of uh, and segments of the legal profession 
is just stunning. Not just bar associates, not, not just the usual suspects, if you will, um, but people representing virtually every segment of the profession. And, you know, that's an enormous testament to, to Judge Doran's leadership. Um, and it also speaks volumes, I think, about how the public has weathered the storm in COVID, how lawyers have come to uh, embrace many of the changes that were improvisations and done to meet a crisis, but have actually improved of the administration of justice. I'll just give you one example. Um, and this is the perception, uh, at least of practicing lawyers, uh, of which I am one. Um, before COVID, there were many courts, certainly very, very busy trial courts in the state, especially downstate, where you could spend eight hours just waiting to have at a calendar call, waiting to have your case heard. Um, just sitting there at the cost and expense of clients, waiting for a conference that might last less than 15 minutes or a discovery dispute that might last less than five minutes with a law secretary or a judge. And as a result of COVID, those kinds of, many of those kinds of court appearances are done um, in a, in a pre-scheduled conference through Zoom or some other platform um, uh, with extraordinary efficiency and ease for lawyers and clients. And as I've come to learn, many, many members of the judiciary appreciate that. So while we race, as we all want to race, past this pandemic and get back into the courtroom, and in-person appearances, we don't want to lose that which really was not just uh, a Band-Aid on, on a wound, but truly uh, a step forward in terms of the administration of justice. Judge, my guess is that you didn't have very many courses in law school on how to conduct a, a virtual hearing. <laughs> Absolutely not. And even if I had had courses in it, I'm not sure it would have been any easier until we had the opportunity to to actually do it. I, I, I was saying to Hank yesterday that, um, you know, if we in this court system decided that we wanted to take a look at allowing motions to be argued virtually or allowing conferences to occur virtually, um, we, you know, with all due respect to all of the very very, very good people that work in the system. Uh, it would take us a long, long time to get there. And in that process, which would be very deliberative by necessity in, in non-crisis times, we would lose a lot of the positive impact of, of the, the momentum and the interest of doing it. So as, as horrible as this pandemic has been and as stressful as it's been on so many people, um, it has given us a passage or a pathway into doing things that make sense and doing them right uh, at a pace that, that uh, far surpasses what would happen in normal times. So there are silver linings in the cloud, and we hope that this effort allows us to capitalize on those silver linings. Yeah, we had the fortune or misfortune to see how all this works under the worst circumstances. We did, and uh, and we've all learned from it. We've been we've been uh, compelled to put ourselves in difficult places, which I believe, if we do this right, and we listen to each other, and we communicate, and we work with each other, and we collaborate, I believe this will lead us to a better place than anyone ever imagined. And that is a great place to end, Judge Hank. Thanks so much for your time, and and uh, good luck with the hearing tomorrow. 
Thank you. Thank you, John.